0: When we speak of international community, it is a concept that refers, for example, to all members of the international society. But uh, truly, we don't have international community because we don't have common interests, common values.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the second interview episode for The Global Current. My name is Jasmine DeLeon and I'm the executive producer. Today, we're very excited to bring Claude Mazilas, an author of Political Science and International Relations with over 20 years of diplomacy for Haiti. And he's also written 13 books on politics and culture. Welcome Dr. Mazilas.
0: Thank you so much, Janine, for this invitation. It's a real pleasure for me to share with your audience my perspective, my critical perspective on the current world in Ukraine. From the global south perspective
1: great so to start off for our audience members just to provide some a little bit of background can you please tell us what is the global south and what is the global south's view on the russia ukrainian war
0: the, the global south uh, refers uh, to, to the developing countries globally but it has uh, uh, five levels at this local level the global south refers to the countries who were colonized by the Western countries. They have, they have suffered colonization, domination, exploitation, and, and dependency, racism and discrimination. At the economic level, they are, these are developing countries. For example, before the term global south, we used the term uh, third world or developing countries. At the geographic level they are situated in asia africa and latin america fourth at the political level they manifest some resistance to the west uh, through the idea of non-alignment the neutrality and at the, the the five level is the epistemical level it refers to the post-colonialism to decolonial thinking that's to say it is a conceptual, a, a, a metaphor, a, where we emphasize the idea of race, hegemony, empire, domination, to understand international relations. That's to say, the term global south means that we 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 try to understand the global politics from below, from the countries that have been dominated, exploited by the Western. Uh, European countries historically, politically and
1: geopolitically. Thank you. And can you tell me more about how that relates to international law and um, racism in international relations?
0: Yes, very, very interesting. Very, you, you have asked me a very interesting question. Uh, the, as I have told you, the term Global South refers to the developing countries, but they have begun to manifest themselves at the political level in, in nineteen fifty five throughout the Bando the, 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 the conference the, 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 the conference of Bandung in 1955, many countries of Africa Asia and Latin America have made a lecture uh, where they criticize the, the capitalist countries and the, the communist countries they would like to have a, 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 a just an independent voice at the international level. And after they have manifested themselves, manifested themselves through the movement of non-alignment in the nineteen sixties, those countries have wanted to develop a political agency. They would like to be free from Western domination and the communist uh, uh, domination. This is a, an effort made by those countries to have an independent uh, voice at the political level and geopolitical level that's reason why uh, the term global south uh, uh, tries uh, to to characterize or to clarify an independent position from the west and uh, from the global hegemonic powers this is the, the this is the connotation of the term global south but as you know since uh, since 1990s we, we, we scholars and many a a politician speak of globalization for that reason they speak of global north and global south global north refers to the developed countries and global south refers to the developing countries but at the conceptual level it is a a critic from below for example to clarify better more this idea if we try to have a look at the international relation theory we, we have theories of realism liberalism, neo-realism, deconstruction, and so on. All those theories have been constructed by the Western uh, scholars, by the Western uh, 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 intellectuals, but we don't have uh, theories constructed from below. In this sense, the global south tries to, to understand, to analyze in international politics from below, from the colonial experience, from the idea of race, domination, hegemony, and, and, and racism.
1: thank you for clarifying so how does that perspective of analyzing the international stage apply to the Russian-Ukrainian war how is the global south reacting to this war
0: this is a very interesting question but all your questions are very interesting uh, uh, obviously but uh, uh, this uh, conception applies to the Russian-Ukrainian war because according to me there are we are Four narratives on the war the russian narrative the western narrative the chinese narrative and what i call the global south narrative the 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 the, the, the russian narrative justify the war for security reason the western narrative criticized the war for international law and geopolitical reason the chinese narrative of also for 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 geopolitical reasons but the what i call the global south it is a tentative and attempts to to criticize the war from the ex- from the historical experience because generally a uh, the, the 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 western countries critic uh, 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 criticized uh, the war denounced the war. Because Russia has violated international law, has violated the national integrity of a country. It is a reality. But the, the Western countries have used unilateral sanctions without consulting United Nations, without using international law to sanction Russia. And they use their historical hegemony to impose their will on other countries. The Western countries want, want, for example, want of the countries to follow them unilaterally. That's why some countries of from global south, such as India, uh, South Africa, uh, uh, Brazil, uh, uh, the uh, uh, this unilateralism, and, and and they try to uh, they, they, they criticize the dinarons the the war on Russia, but they don't follow. They don't follow uh, uh, the Western and uh, 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 strategy to 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 criticize uh, russia this is this is a very a, a complex a, a, a position they, they don't i think that those countries uh, uh, don't 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 accept not don't, uh, 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 support russia but they don't neither uh, support the western way of of sectioning of of punishing other countries
1: and do you think that this has anything to do with many global south countries kind of memory of western exploitation
0: yes this is this is this is a very interesting question yes because as we we, we should know that the international uh, society has been shaped shaped by western powers from the colonial periods onward for example uh, uh, at the beginning of the renaissance of the modern world uh, uh, we, we 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 saw that the European countries colonized non, non, non-Western countries, non-European countries. In America, in, in, the, in the 16th, 17th century, and the 19th century, they colonized the A- A- Asian countries. They imposed the, the, the cultural, the, uh, the cultural, political, economic vision on the world, and they have exploited those countries throughout the modern history uh, to, to now. And and this those countries of the global south have a, a very very negative experience of the Western powers. For example, uh, it is a paradox, the, the Western countries uh, denounce Russia for violating international law. Meanwhile uh, those, 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 those very countries have violated international law. Since Russia uh, 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 is not part of the hegemonic vision of the world they criticize russia but they use international law according to, to their interest there is an, an instrumentalization of international law by russia and by the west this is the problem that's the reason why some countries of the global south want want to take a, a, a distant position vis a vis the war. This doesn't mean that they support the war they all 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 for for example let me take the example of India. India says that we should go back to dialogue, to diplomacy, to UN Charter in order to solve the problem. This is the position of of India. This means that if we have to condemn Russia... We should go through the United Nations Charter, international law, multilateralism. It is not through unilateral sections against Russia that we can solve the problem. This is, this is where uh, there is this, this difference between the global South and the West and the Western countries. For example, India thinks we have to, to take into consideration the UN Charter. China, China is a developed countries, but it considers as a developing country. But China says that we need to take into consideration the concern, the security concern of both countries, Russia and, 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 and Ukraine. China asks for the respect of United Nations Charter, but also invites a, a both actors to 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 dialogue to diplomacy and also the the uh, south africa uh, was much more radical when it says that the nato expansion in to the to the russian borders uh, is the main cause of this war because according to south africa uh, the 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 fact that uh, nato would like to enlarge to the Russian borders represent a can represent a threat represent to for for Russian security and Brazil also adopts a neutral position but what we have we have to understand is the fact that a, the global south wanted to have a new a shift a change in international politics international politics in the sense that we we should solve problems through multilateralism, through diplomacy, through dialogue, not through unilateral sections, as 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 does the West. I I don't know if you get my point. This is where uh, uh, we can try to clarify the global South. That's why they 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 manifest the neutrality, the non-alignment, in the sense that they don't align, they, they don't follow the West, they don't need the follow Russia do not need to follow Russia. No, this is a very complicated position. But I think that the idea is to is to solve is to solve international conflict through a diplomacy, international diplomacy, international law and dialogue. Not through unilateral a position or sanctions.
1: Okay, and can you tell me more about how you think Haiti. I mean, you worked for the Haitian Foreign Ministry for over 20 years. Has yes. kind of like adopted its position on the Russian-Ukrainian war.
0: Well, the the Haitian authority uh, ha, has published a, a statement uh, where they call for the respect of international law for the United Nations Charter. It is a it is a in a, a very important position. Uh, because Haiti is the found is a member uh, is a member of the United Nations since its foundation, and Haiti has always defended international law at any cost. That's why it calls for the respect of the UN Charter, because uh, there was a shift in the international relation with the creation of the United Nations organization. It is said that uh, all disputes must be settled settled through Dialogue, negotiation through a, a peaceful means. That's reason why Haiti calls calls uh, Russia and, and and Ukraine for 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 using the United Nations mechanism as a strategy to to solve to settle problems and differences.
1: And can you tell me about how like is Haiti's position at all influenced by like the United States and like having its own like does it have its own independent policy or is it somehow connected with the policy of developed countries like the US?
0: Well, a disposition that has disposition taken by Haiti i can say is is conform to the to the international law, to the international legality. I can say that this position has been influenced. By a, by U.S. Uh, a diplomacy, uh, because it is a position that uh, calls for the respect of international law, international uh, 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 diplomacy among states. I can say so, but I think that in other ways, uh, 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 this, uh, this 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 uh, uh, position can be influenced. But in this case, I think that it is it is conform to the international law, the national principles.
1: Okay. And the position of other developed, developing countries, do you think that's influenced by great power competition that's going on today? Or is it that the global South has adopted its own independent position, criticizing kind of all other actors like Western countries, Russia, in response to this work? is yeah.
0: it is the position not influenced by the like great power competition? Yeah, I think that a uh, uh, the position of the global south has been influenced by the great power competition because the war in Ukraine is the expression, the manifestation of a great power competition. We 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 have we have we we, we see three great powers, a uh, uh, United States, a uh, Russia and Ukraine. Even if, and this is a a, this great power competition is recognized by the U.S. national document of 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 strategy of national strategy of the document of national strategy since Donald Trump, Uh, and 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 this begins with the with the president uh, with the the president of Joe Biden to recognize that nowadays the world is witnessing a great power competition. But the Global South, I think that would like those countries who who try to develop an independent viewpoint regarding this great power competition. But as I told you before, we must consider the the notion of Global South as a a concept, as a conceptual framework, as as a strategy of analyzing international relations from the idea of waste domination hegemony empire whenever those countries manifest express their position uh, what they do is to show that they cannot follow uh, neither the western position neither Russian position uh, that's the reason why they they manifest this position through neutrality and non-alignment because i think that The world order is heading to a new configuration that I call apolarity. The idea of apolarity means that there won't be no hegemonic powers. We will have a multiplicity of powers, of of regional powers and, and powers in the world. But the international order will not be dominated unilaterally by an hegemon, by one power as it was in the past. That's the reason why the the global south position, uh, clarifies, clarifies this clarifies uh, this this new uh, shift of international order, this new new reality of international order. In the sense, that we will have a more multipolar world. That's the reason why in the last meeting, the president uh, 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 the president of China and and Russia call for a multi-multipolar world. They want to to have a world where there are different poles of powers. I think that the global South wants more, a a world, a more balanced world, where prevail international law, diplomacy, dialogue, as means to solve international conflicts.
1: It's really interesting. And when you talk about how the global South wants to have a, a more powerful voice in the international stage. I mean, are you talking about multipolarity and how the world is not headed toward a bipolar world, but there is some sort of rejection of a world that is more maybe Chinese or Western centric? I mean, what do you think about that?
0: Very, very nice question. You, 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 you are very smart, very clever. When you ask those questions, for example, the idea. I think that. The world is heading not toward a Western centric world or Chinese centric world. It it is it goes toward an Apolar world, a world without hegemony. There will there will be a multiplicity of powers in the sense that we won't have a unique power that will impose it it will it will on other countries. This is what I call from the Haitian from the Caribbean tradition, the Creolization. The Creolization, or this is a, a, a situation in which we will we'll, we'll have no centers, no center, we'll have multi, multiple poles of power, and we, but what we have to do, this will be the, the challenge for, for the coming days, for the coming months, coming years, how can we settle disputes through multipolarity, through apolarity? Because for the, the, the take let take a, a concrete example. Russia has done the war, has launched the war against against Ukraine. If there were a multiple a hegemon, a, a, a great power an hyper power, it would impede this war, it would intervene, it would go against Russia. But the this was not done so far. It is very important. Why we see that any any hegemonic power, any good power, can intervene in this war. Neither NATO, but we we know for 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 that for what we said, it is for the nuclear uh, uh, capacity of Russia. We, if you want, we can talk to we, of this later. But the fact the fact is that no country, any country, can intervene in this war in Ukraine because of the nuclear capacity of Russia. And a country, and, and also, I uh, let me remind you, uh, uh, for one week, uh, one week ago, one of the president of the Duma, of the, of the Duma, of the, well, uh, the, 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 the chamber, uh, the parliament of Russia said that a nuclear power cannot lose a war. This is like a threat. If it has nuclear weapon, it would accept to, 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 to lose a war. This is a an indirect threat to use nuclear weapon if it's necessary. You see? That's the reason why I think that the world is, is going toward a an apolarity, a situation where there won't be no 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 poles, no hegemonic powers. We should be uh, very careful to avoid a, a, a catastrophic a, a confrontation between good powers uh that have uh, uh, nuclear uh, uh, capabilities.
1: Well, I think that's, that's a good point, too, because if we are moving toward a world that is apolar, how is that possible when there are nuclear weapons? Only certain countries have nuclear weapons. So, is moving toward an apolar world, is there an expectation that other countries, more countries, will have nuclear weapons? Because there are no hegemonic powers?
0: Oh, see, it is a very... It, the, the, the nuclear a, a weapon or nuclear capability is an arm with double edge. A, the, with, with the fabrication of uh, atomic uh, arms after the Second World War, there was a, a, an important shift in international strategy, in the strategy of the states. With the nuclear capability, a, a state has the capacity to, to destroy to 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 make radical destruction and 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 i think that this is the reason why it is very dangerous uh, to use because a state that use nuclear weapon says that it will be also destroyed it, because there won't be no loser no winners in a nuclear war that's the reason why every state must do its effort to avoid any nuclear confrontation because there won't be as a you, no winner, no loser. That's the reason why a, a, a United Nations has made a lot of effort to call for non-proliferation for nuclear for, for nuclear non-proliferation, because a, a, the the nuclear energy represents a problem. That's the reason why many countries would like to to possess the nuclear weapon in order to in uh, you know, order that, that other country can, cannot attack them. That is why uh, uh, some countries want to possess it. But, as I told you, in a nuclear war, there won't be no loser, no no winner. We have to avoid it at any cost. At any cost. That's the reason why uh, international law, diplomacy, multilateralism, dialogue must prevail in a new world order. Uh, Because uh, uh, I should also remind that uh, Kinshige said that Every world order is a regional order that was after universalized. The world order we have right now has been shaped by the Western countries. It is important. This world order has been shaped by the Western countries' powers since the colonization. And so far, this this world order is is Western-centric. We need to broaden. We need to enlarge this for example take for example the case of U- U- united nations security council we have five powers inside this security council for, uh, russia united united states france united kingdom and and china more 10 other members elected for two years but uh, we we need to enlarge this this, this security council in order that It can be more democratic, more fair, more open to the complexity of the world. That's why it is important. In his speech, in his speech at the United Nations, President Biden called for the the enactment of the Security Council in many other countries. He called for the enactment of the Security Council. I think this is an important idea in order to democratize the United Nations organization.
1: I remember when when President Biden made that announcement. That was that was a huge deal, and I think the only concern is that you know, how is this is this realistic? Do you think that that's really going to happen with Russia on the Security Council right now, and it with other countries difficult. open it up?
0: It is very difficult because uh, uh, each country has its it, it interests. It is very country. It is very difficult to to transform, to open, to enlarge, to broaden. The security council of the United Nations, uh, because uh, this depends on the geopolitical coalition between the states. But we, according to the general pro- proposals, we should have, for example, one from Latin America, one from a uh, from Asia, uh, another uh, one from Africa. I don't know if we could uh, include a New European, such Germany or, or, or not. But this is the proposal. But the idea is that uh, to 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 be reformed, the Security Council must have the acceptation of of, of its members. If one of the five members does not accept, the reform will not pass. This is the problem. But the the, the Security Council is a is a geopolitical council that uh, that that represents a big challenge for the international community. For example. Uh, during the war in in ukraine we 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 saw that uh, when some when some countries proposed a, a resolution it it was not accepted by russia because russia is part of the security council that's the reason why uh, i think that we should give more a uh, a uh, more uh, power to the general assembly because the general assembly of the united nations is the most democratic organ of the organization. Inside this organ, this institution, we have the, the representation of all countries. If, for example, the Security Council can solve some problems, we have to send this problem to this, to the General Assembly. Even if in the UN Charter, there are two organ responsible of international, of peace and security. The first organ is the Security Council, and the second is the General Assembly. But General Assembly uh, cannot uh, uh, cannot settle the problem, solve the problem, if the Security Council doesn't uh, intervene first. It is very complicated organization. The United Nations is, is very complicated organization because there is a democratic organ like General Assembly. There is an aristocratic and hegemonic organ. It is a, this, the Security council. It is very complicated. That's why the world, the international society is, 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 is going through a very complicated situation. Even if the, the notion of international community, I mean I have written a, an article uh, in French about international community when we speak of international community it is a concept that refers for example to all members of the international society but uh, truly we don't have international community because we don't have common interests common values there are comp- there, there, there is so much competition between between power, good powers, this is very complicated, and we see that in the case of in the Ukraine and in, in the Ukrainian-Russian war, there is no common ground uh, between the, the international community in order to take action to take a common decision against Russia. This is a crisis of procedures.
1: I think that's a very good point because I know that the UN General Assembly voted to condemn Russia's attempts to annex four regions of Ukraine, I think that was supported by about 143 countries and then 30, 35 states abstained. But I mean, it was only a condemnation, right? It wasn't a joint effort to take any other kind of action against Russia. I have a follow up question um, to what we were talking about before about global south countries responding differently to the to the conflict in Russia and Ukraine. Can you tell me more about Brazil and South Africa's reaction to this conflict?
0: First of all, uh, those countries are part of a of a of a group called the BRICS, uh, the emerging economies at the beginning of the of the of the 21st century, and they form a, a regional group in order to contest the the Western Western hegemony the Western hegemony. For example, I, I, have noted that the South African position was much more radical in the sense that it mentions the case of, of NATO, the NATO extension to, to Russian borders. But Brazil has observed some neutrality because it is part of the, of the bricks of the developing of these uh, this emerging states, these emerging powers, regional powers. Brazil would like to play a regional power in 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 the continent in the continent and this is a, a and in the case of south south africa it wants it also wants to to play a, a regional role uh in africa and there is a anddia want to do so in in asia i think that globally a, a, we should understand we should understand the notion of global south as a a third vision of international order that's to say a vision that doesn't try that doesn't support the west but that doesn't need to support the russian war because they know that this war is a violation of international law but they would like to to that the international law the international multilateralism uh, should be respected by, by the west because historically the west a, 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 a takes a, a decision without consulting international organization like United Nations. But I think that globally the position of uh, Brazil and, 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 and South Africa, India and other emerging economies is quite the same in the sense that uh, they reject the Western hegemony. Uh, they want uh, 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 to to have a more balance a more a, a balanced a world order where a prevail international law, diplomacy, dialogue.
1: Well, Dr. Mozilas, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for your insights. My name is Jasmine DeLeon of The Global Current signing off. To our listeners, thank you for listening and please stay tuned for our next episode.